also. Come on, somebody give him some praise today. Hallelujah. Because he has made a way for us today. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. turn to three or four people and tell him I'm glad he conquered it for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Brother John, you only shook one hand. It's a great day to be alive, isn't it? Amen. Praise God. Thank you for being here on a cold, wintry day. Amen. And just um, come to worship the Lord. It's good to have Pastor Wright and his lovely wife with us today. Amen. Praise God. I'm sure that most people know Pastor Wright, but if you do not know them and their ministry, pastored at Maranatha Fellowship for many years, and he oversees several churches. West Virginia has been blessed by their ministry, and this valley for many years has been blessed uh, through the mega church that God helped them to raise up, and we honor the gift and appreciate them being with us today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We're glad you're here today. Amen. Praise God, and I appreciate you being in the house of the Lord on this day. Uh, several people got have the flu. Other people just looked out the window and said, ah, <laughs> amen. But we're here today and we're just going to worship the Lord. All right. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me today to Psalms 34. Uh, we've been talking about worship and I want to return there this morning and just uh, prepare us and lay a foundation for uh, this coming year. God has put something in our hearts, and uh, we're going to push on that and just believe God. How many know that God has a will? He has a purpose. He has a plan for each of us. Amen. But we have to grab hold of that, and we have to apply it to our lives for it to come to pass. 
And so that's what we're going to endeavor to do in this coming year. In Psalms chapter 34 and verse 1, and then I'm going to go to Exodus 25. Psalms 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. Thank all three of you. Exodus chapter 25. It is talking here about the mercy seat in verse 17. He said, you shall make the mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length and a cubic and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubs of gold of hammered work. Say hammered work. We'll not get there today perhaps, but that's where we're going. And you shall make them at the... uh, the two ends of the mercy seat, make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherub at the two ends of it of one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherub shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherub shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you, and there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubs which are on the ark of the testimony, above everything which I have given you in commandment to the children of Israel. And then one more scripture in Job chapter 1 and verse 20. It says there, then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshiped. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to you today about golden worship. Golden worship. Messenger after messenger came with bad news to Job. The first messenger comes and tells him his livestock are stolen. And now another comes and tells him the ox are taken, the sheep are gone, the camel are gone, and along with it his servants are dead. Then another messenger comes and tells him how a tornado has hit the home where his family has been. And the tornado has killed all of his children and they now are all dead. And the Bible says in verse 20, and Job fell to the ground, tore his robe, and worshiped God. Have you ever been in a season of your life where you had to worship God in the middle of a storm? Where that you have been in a time in your life where that everything was falling apart in your life and yet you still worshiped him? You see, when you're going through a Job experience in your life, in spite of what you see, in spite of what you feel, in spite of what is going on and your circumstances around you, you have to say, like David, yet I will bless the Lord. 
at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Amen. Job brought wounded worship to God. If you serve God long enough, you will have to go through a time whenever you learn how to worship God wounded. Everything isn't glorious. Everything isn't beautiful. Everything isn't right in order and bluebirds aren't singing at your door. But the reality is that you know God is greater than your circumstances. You understand like Job understood. The Bible said he shaved his head. He fell to the ground. He tore his robe and he worshiped God right in the face of everything in his life being gone. Amen. His life livelihood was gone. His family was gone. His house was gone, but yet he remained faithful to his God. Let me say to you, my brothers and sisters in America today, we have come to have a fluffy gospel where that we just want to worship God when things are good. We we're so comfortable with worshiping him when everything is going right. But I'd say to you today, and you know me, I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom, but I'm here today to tell you the days ahead are going to come when we have to worship God in adversity. When we are worshiping God, not because everything is right, but because God is right. And because his mercy really does endure forever. You believe it, give him praise here this morning. You see, many times we have to worship him when we're hurt. We have to worship him when we're broken. We have to worship him when we're confused. Amen. His house was gone. Everything was gone. And yet he gave God worship. Job worshiped. Worship here in the Hebrew means he bowed down. Job bowed down and acknowledged God's superiority. He was saying, God, I may not like the season that I'm in right now. I know that things have not changed in my life in the way that I would like for them to be. But the fact is, you're still God. Amen. Job is battered. He is emotionally bleeding. Amen. He is brought and yet he brings to the Lord this worship. He didn't let his present circumstance rob him of understanding that God was worthy of worship. Amen. No matter what you might be going through, he's still worthy of worship. No matter what you see right now, he's still worthy of your worship. Amen. No matter what the circumstances say to you, you need to know today in your heart, let it be settled in your life that no matter what comes against you, what you face and what you're going through, that God is worthy of your worship. Amen. As believers, we worship God in three ways. Number one, we bring him thanksgiving, we bring him praise, and we bring him worship. Thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Thanksgiving is acknowledgement of what God has done for you personally. I don't know about you, but I've got a lot to be thankful for today. Amen. I slept in a warm bed last night. Went out to my garage and got in a car and drove here today. Amen. I, I had food, more food than I needed. Amen. Right, none of y'all going to confess. I'll pray for you later. More food than I needed for Christmas, right? So I'm thankful today. 
for the good things that the Lord has given me. Amen. And we've got a lot to be thankful for. But then we have praise. This is thanking God for what he did in general. We praise him for salvation. We praise him for provision. We praise him for healing us. Amen. But then we go to worship and we worship God for who he is. We worship him because he is Jehovah Jireh. We worship him because he is Elohim. We worship him today because he is Adonai. Amen. He is Yahweh. He is our ever-present help in the time of need. He is El Elyon, the most high God. Amen. And so we worship him not based upon where we are, not based upon the circumstances that are going on in our life, but we worship him because he is Jehovah, because he is El Elyon, because he is Yahweh, because he has supplied all of our needs. We we worship him because of who he is. Amen. Praise is, I praise you for the powerful acts, right? I praise you for your peace. I praise you for your provision. I praise you for your mighty acts. But thanksgiving, thanking him for what he has done for me personally. I thank you that you. I have clothes. I thank you that I have a car. I thank you that I have a house. I thank you that I have health. I thank you that I have food. But then worship is different. Worship says if I don't have a car, I'm still going to worship you. If I don't have a warm house, you're still God and I'm going to bless you. If I don't have food on my table, you're still my provider and you will. I'm going to worship you anyhow. Amen. We don't worship because of what he did. We worship him because of who he is. Amen. True worshiper says, God, if you don't ever do anything else for me in my life, I will still bless you the rest of my life. I will still worship you. I will still dance my dance, sing my song, and give you praise because you have saved me and brought me out of a horrible pit, set my feet upon a solid and a firm foundation, established my coming in and going out. You have made me a child of the Most High God, and if you don't do anything else for me, I'm going to bless you the rest of my life. Amen. See, if you praise God and thank God after the fact, that's gratitude. If you think and praise God before something happens, that's faith. Amen. Sometimes worship is verbalized faith. Amen. When, you, when people look at you, they don't understand your worship because they know all you're going through. And yet you still bless the Lord. Yet you still praise him. What are you doing? You're praising your faith. You're releasing your faith. Amen. I'm praising God, not because I've got the money, not because I've been healed, not because all of my family is saved, but I'm praising God because he is the savior before they get saved. I'm praising God and out of my mouth, I'm verbalizing my faith. Amen. That I understand God, they're not saved yet, but you are are the savior. I know they're not delivered yet, but you are the deliverer. I know that I don't have the finances yet, but you are the provider. And so therefore I choose to bless you and verbalize my faith and thank you that it is on the way. Amen. 
You see, you got to get some faith in your mouth and verbalize your faith and praise him now for what he's going to do. Amen. Carnal people don't understand real worshipers because you don't have to have money to give God glory. You don't have to have everything together to give God praise. You don't have to get the job that you wanted to give him glory. You don't have to have the car that you thought you would like to have for you to thank him and understand that he is still God. You should praise him right now because when you begin to praise him in faith, it'll cause a season to shift in your life and bring about the things that you are praising him for. Amen. When you give him glory, you give him praise. It isn't to manipulate. God's too great for that. But whenever we give him praise and start calling him a wonderful counselor, guess what? He'll give you counsel. When you begin to call him a healer, he'll heal your body. When you begin to say, oh, you're a supplier of all of my needs, guess what? He's going to provide some way and somehow. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. Thank God he is a provider. Amen. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. There will be times when you'll have to bless the Lord when everything is going wrong in your life. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm not a slick willy. I'm your pastor. Amen. You can line up all day long and give you a thousand dollars, but you get you ought to understand those that live godly will suffer persecution. It'll rain on the just as well as the unjust, but aren't you thankful? But in them all, God will make a way for you somehow. Trouble will come. Exodus 25 and verse 22, it said, and there I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubs which are on the ark of the testimony. How many know God will give you a testimony? Ah, hallelujah. Just nudge your neighbor a little bit and tell him God's going to make a testimony out of this. About everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. At this time, man was separated from God and only one man had access into the presence of God. The tabernacle was divided into three parts, the outer, the inner, and the holy of holies. Only the high priest could have access into the holies of holies, the third dimension where God's glory was manifest. The priest would go in and sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. Aren't you glad for the mercy seat? Amen. I said, aren't you glad for the mercy seat? There'll come a day whenever he sits on a judgment seat, but today he's sitting on a mercy seat and I'm thankful for his mercy today. Amen. I thank God that he's sitting on a mercy seat because at our best, we're still not good enough. Amen. Our righteousness is like filthy rags in his sight, but he's sitting on a mercy seat. And God said, I'll meet with you between the two cherubs. These cherubs represent worship. And God said in an atmosphere where there is worship and there is mercy, he said, I'm going to meet with you. If we will worship him, 
He is sitting on the mercy seat. And in that atmosphere of worship and mercy, God will meet with us or commune with you. Commune means to meet, to speak with, to declare, to converse, to command, to promise, to warn, to sing. And so here he tells us this, that he says, wherever there is a place that they are worshiping me, he said, I'm going to meet with you and I'll speak into your life. I'll declare things over your life. Amen. That's the reason why it's important for us to worship God. It isn't just something we do for people that, that are late to get in here. It isn't for something for us to do before we preach the word. It is something that is powerful that when we begin to worship, we create an atmosphere where he comes and sits on the mercy seat, praise God. And he begins, as we begin to worship him, he begins to commune with us and begins to declare a thing over our life and begins to minister to us. I want to tell you today that it is your worship that creates an atmosphere for God to begin to speak into your life. That's the reason why when you're driving down the road and all of hell is breaking loose against you, don't you dare shut up your mouth. Don't you dare begin to badmouth God and begin to sing gloom and despair. You open your mouth and begin to praise him and declare that he is good. And when you do, you're going to create an atmosphere. He will come and sit down on the seat of mercy and begin to speak blessing over your life. Glory to God. Oh, come on and give him a praise this morning. The enemy wants to shut you up. The enemy wants you to remain quiet. But it is your verbalized act of faith that you begin to speak and worship him that creates an atmosphere for God to begin to speak over you. Exodus 30, you'll find the four incense that are used for worship. They're located in four different places. They are not just in one geographical place, but they have to go in different places and get them and bring them together. It speaks to me and tells me that we aren't all the same. Aren't you glad? Amen. I couldn't stand another me. Don't laugh too loud. I couldn't stand another you either. Come on, somebody. Amen. But you see, I know that wasn't of the Lord. That was me. All right. But you see, the truth of it is, we're all different. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different, different uh, families and different ideas, but yet we come to worship the same God. And so we bring together, we come from different places in life and, and some may be blessed and others may be struggling and some may be on a mountaintop while other people are in the valley season of their life. But we all come together and when we come together, amen, the scripture says that these four uh, uh, have to be mixed together before you could enter into worship, before they could be pounded, they had to be beat, they had to be stirred together and then it had to be caught on on fire. Amen. If there is going to be true worship, there has to be a stirring and there has to be some fire. Amen. I know that it's out of date. I know that it's not uh, uh, something that people want to talk about anymore, but I want to tell you that if we're going to have real worship, there's still got to be a fire. 
in the house of the Lord. Amen. You say, well, you may scare somebody off. I believe that people want to experience God. I believe they want to know that there is a God that is greater than the natural man. Amen. If you're depending upon my talent, my ability, and my attributes and things, I'm telling you, you're you're sadly mistaken. But when we come into his presence and we begin to worship him, we create an atmosphere where anything is able to happen. Praise God. And so when we worship him, we stir our giftings together. We stir our worship together. And then it catches on fire and it goes up before God as a sweet smelling savior in his presence. I'm thankful today. Amen. That we can come together as brothers and sisters, bring our, uh, our incense and we mix them together because you see, mine may not be so good right now, but yours is smelling real good. But how many know when we mix it all together and the glory of God begins to burn in this place, it goes up before him as a sweet smelling savor. We have to have mercy and worship. Without worship, there is no mercy. I understand that I'm not here because I've got it all right. I'm not here because I have arrived. I'm here today because his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. I'm here today because when your worship, when you begin to worship God, you can't judge somebody else. Amen. You see, when you worship God, if you're worshiping God, you can't be gossiping about somebody else. When you're worshiping God, you can't be backbiting. When you're worshiping God, you can't be criticizing somebody else. But when you have true worship in your heart, there's a mercy seat. Hallelujah. Amen. That is created in the house. And even though your brother, your sister may have trouble and issues in their life, thank God for the mercy. Because if it wasn't for mercy, you wouldn't be here either. If it wasn't for mercy, none of us would be here today. But thank God for the mercy seat of God that we can come into this place and worship him in spirit and in truth. The mercy seat. This mercy seat, this angelic worship, cherubs were made of pure gold, refined in the fire. Verse 17 tells me to make the mercy seat of pure gold. Pure gold is refined by fire. God said, I really can't use you the way I want to use you until you go through the fire. I can't really... Do what I want to do with you until you're willing to allow me, trust me, to take you through the fire. Gold is only purified through the fire. You never really worship until you worship him in the fire. But when you learn how to worship him in the fire, right now you might be on fire. 
Amen. You may be going through things and yet you choose to worship him even though the heat is on. Amen. The enemy wants you to think that the fire will cause you to give up. He, he thinks that if he turns up the fire that you'll quit worshiping God. Amen. That you won't give him the praise that he is deserving. Amen. When I'm sick, I'm still going to praise him. When I'm broke, I'm still going to praise him. When everything is going wrong in my life, I'm still going to bless the Lord and praise his name. Amen. You need to understand the enemy will bring the fire but God is allowing the enemy to bring the fire so he can purify you and bring you to a place that he wants to use you in a greater level in a greater dimension so just bring it on devil because the hotter it gets the more dross comes off of my life and the more pure that I come before God and he can use me in a greater way amen God said, when he comes, he's going to refine me. The refiner would put the gold in a pot and place it over the fire. And as the gold got hot, the impurities would start coming and breaking away from the gold. And the impurities would rise to the top. And the refiner would scrape off the impurities from the top. The way the refiner would know that the impurities were all gone and it was pure gold. He would go and look over the pot. And when he looked over the pot and seen his reflection in the gold, he knew that it was pure gold. Can I tell you today the fire you've been fighting, the struggle you've been going through, The enemy may think that he's going to kill you, but the truth of it is that the fire is just getting hot enough so that God can look over into your life and see his reflection in your life. He wants to see himself in you. Amen. Some of you last year have gone through the fire, but it's only served to make you look more like Jesus. Amen. Everything the enemy has brought your way, but you held on. Amen. The fact that you're up in the house of God on this last Sunday in 2012 is a testimony against your enemy. Because if he could have, he would have already destroyed you. But you're here today in the house of God. Worshiping him and giving him praise because if God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy rob you of your worship. Amen. Let it make you look more like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let it make you look more like him. The lesser metals will be the first to break away from the gold. Amen. The first to be removed and refined. But you know those things that have no value. Those things in your life that that won't bless you. That won't help you. He says that he is coming so I can get those lesser metals out of your life. You know, those lesser metals like lying. Oh, you just didn't have to talk about that in the church, but you do now. Amen. Because we don't lie unless it benefits us. Oh, it got quiet. Amen. Stealing.
going in late, leaving early, and still letting the boss man pay you for all the time, stealing. Hallelujah. Gossip. Don't help you any. If you, don't, if you don't know what gossip is, it's talking negative about somebody else when they're not there to hear it and defend themselves. That's gossip. Amen? Habits that are not pleasing to God. Things of no value. Doing things that consume our time and then we don't have no time for God. Isn't it amazing how a three-hour football game don't seem like no time and 30 minutes in the Word seems like forever. All ladies don't laugh too much. Ain't it amazing how an all-day shopping spree don't seem like nothing, but we don't have time to pray 30 minutes. Amen. I'm talking about things that consume our time. Amen. The closer we get to him, the less of these worthless metals we find in our life. Silver was the last metal to be separated and removed from pure gold. In order for silver to be separated from gold, the heat had to be turned up. The fire had to be hotter. Amen. Some of you have been in the fire and even it's increased in heat, but God is not allowing it to kill you. He is just wanting to remove another layer of worthless flesh from you. He is wanting to remove another layer, a man of worthless works in your life. And now the fire is hotter than it ever is. But like Job, everything in your life is on fire. Amen. Your job is on fire. Your marriage is on fire. Relationships are on fire. Your health is on fire. Everything in your life is on fire. Amen. You have asked God why. But I want to tell you why this morning. He is purifying you. He is bringing you to a place of gold worship. He is taking all of those impurities out of your life. Don't allow the devil to lie to you and tell you God doesn't care about you. Don't allow the enemy to tell you he doesn't love you. He loves you enough not to leave you with all of this mess in your life. He wants to purify you so that you can bring him pure gold. So you can be a reflection of him in the earth. That men will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Amen. He is trying to get you to the place where he can see his reflection of himself in you. But he has to get the silver out of you. Silver isn't bad. Silver is good. But gold is great. Amen. This is where many people get stuck. We get satisfied with good. And God has great for us. We get happy with the silver. And God's got gold waiting on us. Amen. You see, we get content with good. Silver's good. In fact, I looked it up and silver went for $30.03 an ounce on Friday. That's pretty good. I take that. But then I looked on down the line and gold went for $1,656 an ounce on Friday. 
Amen. And we're settling for $30 when God has an abundance. Well, come on, somebody. He has got something greater than you can imagine. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who will trust him. Amen. I'm telling you today that he has brought the fire. He has brought the heat. And it isn't to kill you, but the heat has been turned up to get the good out of you so you can move on to something great in your life. He has something inside of you, an earthly treasure. He is in this vessel. He has put a treasure and he's trying to get the treasure out of you. He in this field of your life, there is a precious jewel. There is a, there is a gift that he is trying to get out of you and he's turning up the fire so he can find, you can find the gift and show forth his goodness and his grace in your life. Greater things God has planned for you. Tell your neighbor greater things he has planned. The hotter you praise him, your praise becomes, the lesser there is, and the more of him you can see in your life. The hotter your praise becomes, the lesser of you there is, and the more of him can be seen in your life. You see, as we go into this season, this new year, My assignment is to get you to turn loose of good so we can grab hold of great. Amen. God has blessed us. I said, God has blessed us. I don't want to talk you into anything, but God has blessed us. Amen. And we have seen many people, some of your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren have been saved. We've seen lives changed. Amen. Over these past years and it has been good. But I'm telling you, there are great things that God has in store for us. Amen. And we have to thank God for what good has happened. But we've got to grab hold of that greater thing that he has in store for our lives. Amen. And so the next few weeks, months, I don't know maybe all year, I'm going to be talking about the things that God has planned for our lives. And we're going to look at David and we're going to see how David went from good to great. We're going to look at, at how that he come because, you know, we've been talking a little bit about it, but you'll hear more how that we come into this season. God's put it in my heart about a no fail season. And some people say, well, you know, I do my very best as pastor to to try to preach a balanced gospel and bring it to your balance, right? But I want to tell you that some people say, well, now what about a no fail? That's an awful lot to to promise. But the Lord spoke to me and said, a no fail, a season in your life is not bringing God or God starting to do a thing. It is a revelation of what God has always done. And when you walk into that revelation of what God has always done, then you can receive that. Amen. For instance, there, whenever the great healing revival come, God didn't just start healing folk. Amen. It was when that revelation was released that people began to receive what God had always done. Glory to God. And I want to tell you that he says that I have never failed. How many know God has never failed? Amen. And when we put our faith toward it, we can begin to believe God that we can do all, we can be all, and we can accomplish all that God has planned for our lives. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how that the places you've never been able to go and the things you've 
have never been able to do through the experience of David's life. We're going to teach upon it and tell you that it is possible that you can go where you've never been. You can do what you've never done because if God did it for David, there are principles there. And if you will apply them to your life, you can walk into a no-fail season and give God the praise and the glory. And because of what God's done in your life, you're going to have people hungering to serve the God you're serving because he is really an awesome God. In 2013, he's going to turn. We're going to turn loose of the silver and we're going to obtain the gold. We're going to worship greater than we've ever worshiped before. We're going to see more than we've ever seen before. Not because there's a turning of a calendar. God don't work on the time clock of man. Amen. But because we dare to do something we've never done before. Amen. And because we dare to do something we've never done before. He's going to show up like he's never done before. Amen. I'm almost done, but let me just tell you. This year. We're not going to do nothing that don't have a chance of failing. If we can do it, Jimmy, on our own, we ain't going to do it. But it's got to be bigger than we are. And we're going to give God room to move and show us miraculous things. Amen. Because I'm convinced, now just let me pastor a couple minutes. I'm going to let you out before the Baptist today. Let me pastor just a minute. We're going to do, by God's grace and his help, what we've never done before. In 2013, we always start out the year in time of prayer and fasting, right? We're going to start that in January the 6th and we're going to go through the 27th. And on the 27th, we're going to have our faith and fire services. But on every Sunday night during January, we're going to have prayer here at 6 o'clock. And we're going to believe God for the miraculous. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to believe God for deliverance. We're going to believe God for marriages to be restored. We're going to trust God that your life and your is going to be changed. Those who need jobs are going to find them. Favor is going to come in a supernatural way. We're going to believe God. Amen. During offering time today, you should have received a little booklet, the circle maker. This is a condensed booklet of a larger book that the staff and I read about six months ago. You can get the book in its entirety at a bookstore, but what this is going to do is serve as a focus for our time of prayer. And I want you to take this and read it. Now, you can read it in just a few moments. You can read it in one setting, perhaps. But I don't want you just to read it once and put it down. I want you to get you a a highlighter and I want you to mark some things. I want you to read it 
at least once a week, maybe twice a week, and get it in your spirit and allow those principles to get in your life and then come to, come to service on, prayer service on Sunday night and let's pray. And, and you'll understand as you read that, but we're going to pray large prayers. We're not going to pray something that we can say, God, but we're going to pray things that if it happens, we're going to know it's God that did it. Is that all right? We're going to pray things that, that it isn't possible with man, but how many know the things that are not possible with man are still possible with God? Amen. And then, as you know, over the past several years, we have brought names. We've wrote the names down. But in time of prayer and meditation and direction for this year, I, I feel like that uh, the name writing down is good so that we can uh, have the names to pray over. But I want you to bring in over the month of January in our prayer time, bring in something that's tangible for whatever the need is. If you, if you have lost loved ones, maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's a, an article of clothing, whatever uh, you desire. If you have a financial need, something that represents that. If, if you, if whatever your need is, if you need healing, uh, bring something to, to make a point of contact. And we're going to pray over that through the month of January. But on the 27th, we're going to anoint, we're going to pray, and we're going to believe God to do the miraculous. Amen. That's all right. You don't have to get happy. I'm going to get mine. I said, I'm going to get mine. And, 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 and I, I'm not putting you down because I've already been there. I've been walking this thing out for the last two months. So I, I know I don't expect you to get as excited as I do when I talk about it because I know where God's wanting us to go. I know what God is wanting to do. And my spirit is over there already. Amen. Like Joshua went, God has taken me to a place and I'm just coming back to get you and say, come on, let's go to that place. Let us go to that place of promise. Let us go to that place that God has for us. And I want to encourage you, amen, to just get pure gold. Don't fight the fire. Just allow the fire to burn off anything in your life that is unpleasing to God. Anything that doesn't mean that it's bad, but just God, this thing's weighting me down and I want to release it. And as we release it, we're going to begin to become that pure gold that he can use for his glory and his honor. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited about it. Glory to God. God told David, he said, after everything in his life was burned up, he told him, he said, prayed, and he said, God, should I go after the enemy? Should I go get my stuff back? And God told him this. He said, without fail, go and you shall recover all. God put that in my spirit about two and a half months ago and I just can't get it out. Without fail. He's not only are we going to recover, but we're going to go to a place we have never, ever been before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, as we open our mouth and we verbalize our faith, God, our faith is not in our own ability. Our faith is not in our own talent. Our faith is not in our own uh, uh, ability to accomplish or be or do. But our faith is in you. Our trust is in you. Our hope is in you. 
And I'm asking you today, Father God, for those who are in a fire of their life right now. God, trying to make sense of the fire. I pray today, Father, that you would help them to make sense that it isn't to kill, it isn't to destroy them. But Lord, it is a refiner's fire. It is to purify God, even the enemy may bring the fire, but you're using it for your glory and your honor to bring about the very best out of our lives. So I pray here today, Father, as we walk in this season, as we go into this place that you have desired, let us be pure gold worshipers. God, that we will worship you in spirit and in truth and that you will receive glory out of our lives. And God, as we walk into this season, Lord, that we receive everything that you desire for us to receive. And we give you praise and give you glory for it. In the matchless name of Jesus. Hallelujah.